Hello, and welcome to Radical Candor, a podcast from Panoply and Gretchen Rubin's Onward Project. Radical Candor is about how not to hate the boss you have or be the boss you hate. I'm Kim Scott, co-founder of Candor, Inc., and author of Radical Candor, Be a Kick-Ass Boss Without Losing Your Humanity. Can't wait for that book to come out, by the way. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah, And I'm Russ Laraway, also co-founder of Candor, Inc., and career-long operational manager across the Marines, Google, and Twitter. So in this episode, we're going to talk about a technique you can use to build great relationships with the people on your team, career conversations. If you have career conversations, you can build a a much stronger team because you'll better understand what motivates the people on your team, what motivates them at work, and you'll have a much better sense for where they're trying to go in their career. So throughout this episode, we will tell some stories that show why career conversations are needed, and talk about what career conversations even are. Uh, We're going to talk about how managed employees participate together in career conversations. And we'll wrap up with the candor checklist, just like we always do. I love that part, by the way. Me too. Yeah, that's awesome. It's always so like tangible. Got to know what to do differently. Yeah. Change in behavior. Exactly. So just like we always do, we're going to give you concrete tips to get started with career conversations. So, Kim, you ready to go? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So career conversations is something that you developed when we were working together at Google, and then I saw you roll it out at Twitter. It's one of the things I really admire enormously that you've, that you've done with people. You had a lot of success with it. But I, I'm curious, you, you saw a bunch of people, you're welcome, you saw a bunch of people who really needed help growing in their careers. And, and fundamentally, as you said before, it's one of your core jobs as a boss is to help the people who report to you grow. So what were some of the problems you were seeing? What gave you the idea to, to launch this? Yeah, I'd say one of, the, one of the key ideas is it's one thing to say to a manager, hey, your job is to help the people on your teams grow. But I think a really fair question that probably doesn't get asked enough is grow into what? And that's really one of the key ideas here in career conversations. And how it really got started was actually with a specific direct report of mine at Google named Lou. And Lou, like a lot of folks, was having sort of a regular, he had sort of a regular career crisis. He'd be frustrated that he wasn't getting where he wanted to be in his career. And I sort of realized that, first of all, he wasn't alone. And like a lot of people I worked with, they were kind of feeling stuck and like they weren't making any progress. So, yeah, one of the most common reasons that people feel stuck is they feel like they're supposed to have this passion. Yeah. But the truth is they have no idea what they want to do when they grow up. Yeah, they usually don't have a super clear idea. That's it. The the idea is really foggy and they've never really taken the time to develop it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a much better way to put it. So Lou was really, he was puzzling to me because this guy has an unbelievable career. I mean, he's hes had incredible jobs at incredible companies at every single stop. And so when he would come in feeling really unsettled, it was really confusing to me, you know, because it's like, well, it's not, you can't say that like past performance is a predictor of future success, but it was pretty clear this guy knew how to, like, he was doing a pretty good job managing his career. Lou had been on a path. A path that most people would say was extremely successful. Yeah, he was on a great path. And he'd come in and I felt like I just didn't know how to help him. And we finally had a breakthrough. And the breakthrough was for us to sort of, we, what I realized I was lacking was the end state. Like, where was this all heading for you in your head, Lou? Where, where's this all going? And once Lou and I got that down on paper, 
uh, that really helped us start to take a big step forward. And I felt like we actually now had a problem to solve. So um, for a lot of people, though, the path that they're on isn't like exactly right. So, for example, I have a friend named Darcy who is a nurse. And she she and I were talking about this uh, recently, and she said, yeah, every single doctor that I work with wants to be a professional guitar player. <laughs> well, that doesn't that doesn't make me feel better about going to the doctor. <laughs> no. I don't want them playing with my innards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're playing your tendons. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that'd be a pretty interesting. That'd be a pretty interesting sound. Um you know, a lot of people and they're, they're sort of on this wrong path, you know, and who knows why, by the way, often they don't even know exactly why they're just standing like, how did I get here? They're doing surgery. They'd rather be playing guitar. Can, can we pause there? Because I think that's really important. It's it's hard, especially especially as a young person, but also even for me as a 50 year old middle aged person, almost 50. Not quite. I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to say your dreams out loud. It's really hard. For example, when I was at business school, I had a mentor, Richard Tedlow, who was really great, sort of like you you were with the people who, who you mentored. He was really great at, at making me say my dreams out loud. And he finally got me to admit to him that the reason why I was at business school was because I wanted to subsidize my novel writing habit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that was felt to me like a risky thing to say to my business school professor. But because he got me to tell him that, he was much better able to support me, not only helping me figure out what job to take after business school, but for the rest of my career. So, for example, because I told him that, I did, in fact, while I was working at Google, write a novel about what it was like to, to work at Google. And he helped me find an agent for that book. And then when I was talking to him about the fact that I was really interested in thinking about what it meant to be a great boss, it was Richard Tedlow who understood that writing and thinking was such an important part of my career who suggested the job at Apple University. So it, ma- it makes a big difference. It's, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. I, there's a, there's a, a story of a friend of ours who used to work for Amazon, uh, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And um, Jordan really wanted to be a chief technology officer. At the time she was at Amazon, she was a part of some sort of like technical architect group. They, they sound a little bit like Amazon's Navy SEALs from a few years ago. And they right. were deployed to projects to make sure that the projects were sort of done technically correctly. And her boss asked her sort of this question of what's your end game? And Jordan ultimately confessed, I, I really want to be a chief technology officer. And the boss was like, that's great. Thank you. I really needed to know that. And Jordan said, you know, it's funny. I, it never would have occurred to me to tell you that because I know that I'm not going to be the CTO of Amazon. And her boss said, correct. Yeah. You're not. I can't help you with that. But you work mostly on front end stuff. And, and in tech, you know, front end's the stuff that the user sees. Yeah. She said, but something I can do for you is I can get you working on a lot more back end projects. So the sort of infrastructure and data stuff behind the scenes, which starts to make you a more credible candidate down the line to be a CTO. And the boss was super clear that Amazon benefits, this uh, Jordan benefits, the boss benefits. She has a more versatile team. Everybody wins. But this was a step that the boss, the boss would have been flying a little blind and driving Jordan's growth had Jordan not told her sort of the end state here. Yeah, the, the, the boss wouldn't have given Jordan the right projects. Basically, these people, I feel like they needed both a sense of the end game 
and then a really intentional process to put together a short-term tactical plan to get toward that end state. And maybe a little license to dream. A little license, yeah. Give them some time and space to dream. Yeah, and, and people really need help with this. And, and it's part of your job as a boss to help them because you're the person who's deciding what projects to assign to the various people. And if you know what motivates people because you've taken the time to ask about their life, and if you know what people's dreams are, where they want to go in the future, then you're going to do a way better job giving the right work to the right people. So, okay, so we told a couple revelation stories there, Kim's own story. We talked about Jordan. Let us know what you think about these stories, and tell us about the times when you've had a great career conversation or times when you wish you had. Tweet us at Candor. Write to us at podcast at radicalcandor.com or call us at 2626candor. That's 2626candor. You can also read more stories at radicalcandor.com. So we've talked about how effective and fun career conversations can be in managing a team. But how exactly do you have these conversations? That's a good question. We're going to give you a step-by-step guide in this week's Candor Checklist. Yes. These are actually three separate conversations, career conversations, half your employee, about two weeks apart. That's not the most important thing, but just giving people an idea to help make this a little... I get asked that question a lot, so make this a little more concrete. Um, And I want to note, too, that if you're listening and you're not a boss... Um, you could be an aspiring boss or an aspiring not boss. Uh, any of those things works. You you could you could just have some career goals. You, yeah, you could. Or you still, could not know what your career goals are. All those things could be true, but you can still participate in this process. Awesome. Just grab a friend. Yeah. So tip number one: have a life story conversation. These conversations are incredibly powerful, and they don't happen often enough at work. This is what you can do instead of schmoozing. You can start by saying, starting with kindergarten, tell me about your life. These are so fun. These are the best conversations you'll have at work and far more efficient than schmoozing. So what you're looking for in this life story conversation are pivots, are changes that a person has made throughout the course of their life. And from those pivots, you're going to pull out what motivates people at work. You're going to understand their values. Yeah. A a really fun example of this, right? Just to give people a sense of the kinds of things they might hear in someone's life story and then how it translates. A woman named Stephanie was talking about early high school. And she said to me that she'd been a cheerleader Mm -hmm. and she loved cheerleading. But when she went into the next school year, she decided to do swimming instead. And, oh, I love swimming so much more. And so I think for a lot of times if we were having a conversation with someone, we might say we might just let that go. And yeah, never might ask, just say, cool. Yeah, cool. It sounds great. That's it. Uh, but in this case, I decided to ask Stephanie. She gave me this really important clue. She said, look, with cheerleading, it was fun. It was really social. The girls were great. We had a great time. But with swimming, we worked so hard, but there was a tangible outcome, right? So we'd go in the pool, 5 a.m., swim, 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 and we could see our times come down or we can get on the podium. So Stephanie is results-oriented. Exactly. So it became really clear that for Stephanie, just solving the problem or putting in the hard work wasn't sufficient. She liked to see something on the back end that demonstrated that it was all worth it. She loved the results. All right. So tip one, 
have a life story conversation. Takes about an hour, starting with kindergarten. Tell me about your life. Look for the pivots. It's going to be the most fun thing you do at work. It's awesome. I promise you it's so fun. Tip number two, have a visions conversation. So this is really the time to learn about your employees' dreams and to help them clarify them into specific vision statements. Um, together, you can aim for maybe two or three different dreams, two or three different vision statements, something like that. Again, we're trying not to force people to pick one thing right now to commit to for their future. Of course, none of this stuff, by the way, is chiseled in stone, right? It's all sort of, it's all kind of written in pencil anyway, but still, but still, it feels a little better for people if they got a few different ideas of that end state or that vision of themselves. It feels better to talk about all of them. Yeah. When you're talking about dreams, don't worry if people's dreams seem to have nothing to do with what they're currently, with what they're currently working on. Uh, because often you realize that it feels like what you're currently doing has nothing to do with what you really want. But often when you have these dreams conversations, you realize there is a connection. Okay. So together aim for around two to three different vision statements. And you really want them to sort of clearly state a vision. You want to start with the dreams, which are fuzzy. And you want to really deal with the dreams for a little bit, but eventually you kind of got to bring it into focus because it's tough to build an action plan around a nebulous, unfocused dream. So you got to bring it into focus. And so after you've discussed the dream a little bit, right, and you've asked some clarifying dreams. question or the dreams, a couple clarifying questions that can just help it bring it into focus. I'm saying this a very specific way because I don't want you to lead with these questions. I don't want it will not be as fun of a process. So the questions are or things that you might want to discover is what kind of role do you imagine? Right. What Jordan talked about was she wanted to be the CTO. That's a really clear articulation of a role, and it was immediately actionable for a boss. It was very helpful uh, for that thing to be very specific. Another question that you might answer is, in what industry? What industry do you imagine yourself working in? Again, taking the Jordan example, it was very clear to a boss that she wanted to keep going in tech. Yeah. That was probably pretty obvious. Lou's vision statement, he clearly wants to be in consumer tech. That's really useful, and it's not hard at all to imagine how we might take some short-term steps, given we know that Lou wanted to be in consumer tech. And then the last thing that I think is really worth knowing, again, to help bring the dream into focus, is what sort of stage or size company do you imagine yourself working in? Now, do you want to be sort of the CEO of some giant company, or is it more fun to run your own little company? Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to be in a... In a Seed stage startup company like we're in, or do you want to be in Fortune 500 company? And there's lots of stuff in between, and people have different ideas of why those why those different stages or size of companies might make sense for them. So that's the idea. So tip two, just to really bring it into focus, is have a visions conversation, talk about their dreams, two to three dreams, something like that, and then ask a few clarifying questions to try to bring that thing into focus so that it's actionable. All right, let's move on to tip number three, Russ. What is it? Tip number three is to have a career action plan conversation, which really means put together the career action plan. So this is where you start to put together this idea of the 18-month plan or the short-term plan based on those visions. Come up with some concrete action items to begin working on. These can be related to like skills development, like maybe training or conferences or things, places you can go to build skills. Uh, listening to our podcast is a really good one. Ways to expand your current role. Like what things can we add to your role? You don't have to do anything. 
You don't have to do make any change. Just in your current role, what can we change? So that, like somebody says they want to be a CFO, and so you put them in charge of the budget. Put them in charge of the budget. Boom. They just took a really small, tangible step in the direction of their dream. Uh, develop. You got to develop your network. So think about who are the people around us that can inform and influence all these steps that I need to take and all these things that I need to do or can help me even understand what I'm even talking about when I talk about this dream that I have, right? And then last is think about the next job, right? What is that specific next step? And that, it's okay if the next job is not at the current company. Yeah. it's re- In fact, I think it's super important for this process for, for us to give everyone permission right up front. Talk about life beyond the four walls you find yourself in, you find yourself in right now. Right. So this is where you're really saying, I'm putting you, my direct report, ahead of my own interest, the company's interest. Like you are what is important in yeah. this process. My job is to help you grow. And I just want to acknowledge that your life dreams, a bunch of them are probably outside this current company. And yeah. that is okay. If it's inside this current company, Awesome. Awesome. I don't believe you, but that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. You better want to stay at Candor for the rest of your life, Candor, Ross. Of course, I'm going to be at Candor forever. So that's tip three. And here's the key. For it to be an action item, you have to answer three questions. Do you know what those three questions are? Who does what by when? Exactly. We've been working together for a long time. Who will do what by when? If you have not answered those three questions- You don't have a career action plan. You do not have a career action plan. So just to wrap up on the candor checklist. Do it. Three conversations. One is a life story conversation. Two is a dreams conversation. Three is a career action plan conversation. Boom. Cool. All right. Now it's time to announce this week's candor t-shirt winner. As you know, we're doing a t-shirt giveaway for listeners who leave us reviews on iTunes. So to enter, all you have to do is go to iTunes and leave us a review. Each episode, we're randomly selecting a listener from the reviews and giving them a really cool t-shirt. This week's winner is Barb Skinner 1, who left us a review on January 9th, 2017. She says, when I first heard about this podcast, I pulled my car to the side of the road and listened to episode one. Wow. I love it. I'm constantly leaning toward challenge directly, parenthetical, which I don't have a problem with, but think I need some tips to soften the edges and to justify my approach, smiley face. This is beneficial for any relationship, not just boss slash employee. Thanks. So true. Thanks, Barb. Yeah, thanks a lot, Barb. Please email us at podcast at radicalcandor.com to claim your candor t-shirt. We'll be announcing another winner on the show next week, so make sure to leave us a review in iTunes and tune in next week. That's it for Radical Candor today. Our producer is Kristen Meinzer. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Our theme song is written and performed by Cliff Goldmacher. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Candor. Our email address is podcast at radicalcandor.com. Our website is radicalcandor.com. And the Radical Candor book is available for pre-order at Amazon, Barnes Noble, Book Passage, and your local bookseller. Radical Candor is part of the Onward Project, a network of shows from Gretchen Rubin that also includes her show, Happier, and Chris Guillebeau's show, Side Hustle School. Every day, Side Hustle School profiles different people doing what they love, and maybe loving their boss, or maybe loving not having a boss doing what they love. 
Recently, those people have included a Craigslist wedding photographer and a woman who makes saddles for pet chickens. Wait, wait, who who rides the chickens? You got to listen to Side Hustle and find out. I'm definitely going to do that. Listen to Side Hustle School on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Kim Scott. And I'm Russ Laraway. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. 